Well, Christmas, like much of our Christian lives, is a time to remember a wondrous paradox. The Incarnation presents us with the divine made poor and the flesh made rich. Quote, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. 2 Corinthians 8. To be rich, to be poor, two opposites, like sovereignty and free will, like a sinner who is saved, like dying to self in order to inherit eternity, like God and man in one person, two opposite ideas brought together. In the incarnation, Jesus abandoned the affluence, the wealth, the riches of his heavenly existence and took on a comparatively poor, feeble existence in human flesh. Quote, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Philippians 2. Think on the poverty of the Son of God being subject to the limitations of a newborn's flesh, to the disgrace and humiliation of the cross. Jesus, with the full wealth of divinity, the power to destroy the creation, to call a vast army of angels to raise all the planets, incarnated himself in a sin-cursed world and lived among the poor. That he took on poverty and spent most of his time among the poor is obvious. The blind, the insane, the sick, the prostitutes, the Samaritan woman, the 5,000, all these show that he really meant it when he said, Blessed are the poor. He himself blessed the poor. And in this beatitude, the paradox of poverty with wealth comes to life. For through Christ's poverty, the church receives abundant and lavish riches of grace, forgiveness of sins, good standing with the Father, the Holy Ghost dwelling within us, wisdom, knowledge, the truth. Courage, strength, honesty, chastity, integrity, honor, joy, and eternal life. And as, as did Jesus, we are called to be made poor by sharing this wealth. By emptying ourselves of these gifts. Moreover, in the paradox of the Incarnation... We don't cast our gaze merely to the past, to that newborn babe, but also look to the future. For Christ is not, praise God, still on the cross, nor still buried in the grave, but is now, right this moment, at the right hand of the Father, having been resurrected. And he thereby has lifted human flesh into the glorious riches of the heavenly existence, which he previously set aside. Living with the Father in the communion of the Trinity, that mysterious unity, he comes into a babe, sets that aside, becomes poor, is resurrected and returns with human flesh, united with him 
to the richness of the heavenly graces. Christ's inheritance is being prepared even now by God. Even now the creation is groaning. His people march to the new promised land, awaiting His return in His glorious fullness, fully man and fully God. Until that day, the pillar and bulwark of truth, the church, has in itself the union of rich and poor as an example. Though spiritually we are more than trillionaires, we are called to have the heart of a poor man, sharing our possessions to the full. We must spend a moment and consider what our disposition is, our understanding of poverty. For it is not mere absence of material wealth. The Bible does talk about the poor, which do not have food to eat and do not have wealth. But when, when Jesus says, blessed are the poor, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God, he refers to a disposition in which we rely on another, in which we are not self-sufficient, in which within ourselves and within our possessions is not what is necessary to run the race, to inherit the kingdom of God. When he says blessed are the poor, when we understand poor and the way I'm going to use poor is a spiritual disposition to have our hats and our hands out to God and receive from Him. As I say, though spiritually we are more than billionaires and trillionaires, we are called to have the heart of a poor man sharing our possessions to the full. You ever see the poor on the street? Oftentimes you give them something, some food and some money, and they don't run off and consume it themselves. Shockingly, they run off and they share what they've been given with the other poor. It is something that is startling for we who are not poor materially are apt to just consume and just take and just keep and not share with strangers or others really that are not our family. But the poor, when they receive something, because they are so acquainted with absence, with deprivation, they know what the others are experiencing too. And as they receive a loaf of bread, they are apt to share that loaf with the other poor. For Christ did not grasp and hold on to his wealth, but emptied it for us. And that is what we are to do. But it is especially easy during the secularized Christmas season to lose sight of this duality of poverty and wealth, of our calling to be both rich and poor. If we are not careful, we can be manipulated into idolizing wealth and despising poverty. I'm not even talking about billionaire wealth. I'm talking about the, if only we had 5,000 extra pounds a year. If only we had an extra 15,000 pounds a year. We could get that house we've been wanting. We could get that special holiday. If only we had a few extra pounds to put away. Especially us parents. We groan under the pressure exacted on us to spend. Paychecks are earmarked, planned sacrifices are made to make sure enough money is available to buy the children very special presents. I remember as a boy writing a letter to my father. I must have been eight or nine. And I was trying to shame him 
for not having any money to spend on us for Christmas. He needed new tires on the car, a set of four. He had a 1989 IROC Camaro sport car, coupe, V8, gas guzzler. Love that car. And the tires were bald. And he was going to put new tires on the car. And that's all he could afford. It was either tires or presents for the children. And of course, my grandparents, who were wealthy, my mother's parents, always had money. And they always sent each one of us $300. My brother and myself. Without fail. And so I wrote him a letter and I said, my grandparents never fail us. How is it that tires are more important than presents for us? Is that how much you care for us? He never responded to my letter. We got the gifts. He didn't get his tires. But he told me as an adult that that letter broke his heart. And so we are made blind to the reality that wealth is not an end in itself. That people are born naked and naked they will depart. That anything we have is given by God's graces. Society makes us to despise poverty of any kind through the constant drumming of materialism. It is envy springing in its origin from the garden where Eve desired what God had for himself, knowledge of good and evil. And this is what makes us uncomfortable with poverty. This is our genetic defect and which has been the root of many things that are wrong in our age. Live your best life, your best authentic life, they say. Change your identity to the identity of your choice. Lie, cheat, and steal for whatever you want. For what is it than lying, cheating, and stealing when you try to physically change the DNA that you have received from your family. We might as well call Christmas envymous, the high festival of lavishing upon ourselves what we have stolen and taken. Set upon a whole way of life shaped by constant dissatisfaction, we forget the virtue of biblical poverty. Remember, Poverty in the Bible is not mere lack of material goods. It often, when spoken of positively, points to a spiritual disposition. A spiritual disposition oriented toward relying on God. And in relying upon God for what we receive, we are apt to share it with those who do not have. To hold our hat out to the Father of all mankind. And know that if you trust in him, he will provide you with all that is necessary. Wisdom, joy, contentment, peace, crowns of glory. To empty our pockets to those beloved in our lives holding their hats out themselves. Who are trusting that God will provide. We are called to have the kind of confidence that the son had. When he entered the virgin's womb. Trusting his father would see him through this season of poverty. The confidence of being resurrected from the dead. The lowest level of poverty. For what is poorer than having your life taken from you? From the angelic guides given to Joseph and Mary, to the kings bringing pricey gifts at his birth, from John's baptism at the Jordan and through to the scourging and the crucifixion, from the empty tomb to the ascension, Jesus trusted that his poverty would not be scorned by the Father. He also had confidence that his gift to the church would be received by the church. And so it is with us. We are given and we are called to share. The material and spiritual wealth 
to whatever extent it spans, in whatever breadth it exists in us, is ours by grace, and we are called to empty ourselves. In this way, wealth, dearly beloved, is brought about by poverty. As strength is brought about by weakness, as grace is brought about by sin. Whatever you have, whether a few pounds in an account or minutes on your clock, whether food in your cupboards or words to raise up in prayer, Christmas celebrates the poverty which Christ undertook in taking on flesh and the wealth that it resulted for us. We shower one another with gifts on Christmas. We sacrifice whole paychecks, if not more, in order to see the joy in others of benefiting from the generosity which we choose by becoming poor. Is that not it? Is that not what we're doing? We could put that money towards a new TV for ourselves, a new set of clothing for ourselves, uh, some jewelry for myself, a new Rolex maybe. But instead, I choose to become poor. I sacrifice a whole paycheck, if not more, to give over to the family for some new clothes that's been needed, for some new books that they would benefit from, for some new instruments that would enrich their lives. We are reenacting, becoming poor, that others might be rich. Start today. Start in your mind. Start in your heart. How am I emptying myself? Whether we've been given one talent, two talents, or five talents, as the parable of the Lord has taught us. Do you remember, children? What was the parable of the talents? Tell me the parable of the talents. Anyone, any of the children. Some, one of them was given five talents, one was given two, and one was given one. Yes, Lavinia. Yes. Yes. And then what happened? What happened to those three servants? One was given five, one was given two, and one was given one. What did they do? The first one doubled it. Okay. Uh huh. And then the one that was given two doubled it, and the third one buried it. Correct. Correct. He did nothing with it. He was scorned for doing nothing with it, punished. We are called to multiply the effect of those gifts which we receive from God upon God's people. Not to lavish them on ourselves, nor to tuck them into the ground for a rainy day. We are called to manifest the joy of the gospel of salvation unto the nations. The poverty of God is richer than the combined wealth of all mankind in all of time. But this poverty, God cradled in the arms of Mary, God dead on a cross, has resounded in embarrassing riches for us. Today, we feast Today we celebrate. Today we sing with great joy about the heavenly possibilities open to us by the magnificent kindness when 2,000 years ago, to us a child was born, a Savior was given, Christ the Lord, who made himself poor that we could be rich. Praise God. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. And now lay not up for yourselves treasure upon the earth dug into the ground where the rust and moth doth corrupt 
and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither rust nor moth doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. Let us stand to sing our next hymn. supplications, and to give thanks for all men, 
we humbly beseech thee most mercifully to accept our alms and oblations, and to receive these our prayers which we offer unto thy divine majesty, beseeching thee to inspire continually the universal church with the spirit of truth, unity, and concord. And grant that all they who do confess thy holy name may agree in the truth of thy holy word, and live in unity and godly love. We beseech thee also so to direct and dispose the hearts of all Christian rulers, that they may truly and impartially administer justice to the punishment of wickedness and vice, and to the maintenance of thy true religion and virtue. Give grace, O Heavenly Father, to all bishops and curates, that they may both by their life and doctrine set forth thy true and lively word, and rightly and duly administer thy holy sacraments. And to all thy people give thy heavenly grace, and especially to this congregation here present, that with meek heart and due reverence they may hear and receive thy holy word, truly serving thee in holiness and righteousness all the days of their life. <coughs> and we most humbly beseech thee of thy goodness, O Lord, to comfort and succor all those who in this transitory life are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity. And we also bless thy holy name for all thy servants, departed this life in thy faith and fear, beseeching thee to give us grace, so to follow their good examples, that with them we may be partakers of thy heavenly kingdom. Grant this, O Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. <coughs> Ye that do truly and earnestly repent you of your sins, and are in love and charity with your neighbors, and intend to lead a new life, following the commandments of God, and walking from henceforth in his holy ways, draw near with faith, and take this holy sacrament to your comfort, and make your humble confession to Almighty God, meekly kneeling upon your knees. Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, maker of all things, judge of all men, we acknowledge and bewail our manifold sins and wickedness, which we from time to time most grievously have committed, by thought, word, and deed, against thy divine majesty, provoking most justly thy wrath and indignation against us. We do earnestly repent, and are heartily sorry for these our misdoings. The remembrance of them is grievous unto us. The burden of them is intolerable. Have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. For thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may ever hereafter serve and please thee in newness of life, to the honor and glory of thy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <laughs> Almighty God, the Father, who of his great mercy hath promised forgiveness of sins, to all them that with hearty repentance and true faith turn unto him. Have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what tender words our Savior Christ saith unto all that truly turn to him. Come unto me, all that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. So God loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, to the end that all that believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. <coughs> lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks unto our Lord God. It is meet and right so to do. It is very meet right in our bounden duty, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty, Everlasting God. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying, 
Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of thy glory. Glory be to thee, O Lord, most high. Amen. We do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who of thy tender mercy didst give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made there by his one oblation of himself once offered full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world, and did institute and in his holy gospel command us to continue a perpetual memory of that his precious death until his coming again. Hear us, O merciful Father, we most humbly beseech Thee, and grant that we, receiving these Thy creatures of bread and wine, according to Thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ's holy institution, in remembrance of His death and passion, may be partakers of His most blessed body and blood. Who in the same night that He was betrayed, He took bread, and when He had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of this. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many, for the remission of sins. Do this as oft as ye shall drink it, in remembrance of me. Amen. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was given for thee, preserve thy body and soul unto everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ died for thee, and feed on him in thy heart, by faith, with thanksgiving. <coughs> the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for thee, preserve thy body and soul unto everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for thee, and be thankful. <coughs> Please come forward. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for thee. Preserve thy body and soul unto everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ's body was given for thee. And feed on him in thy heart, by faith, with thanksgiving. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was given for thee, preserve thy body and soul unto everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ's body was given for thee, and feed on him in thy heart, by faith, with thanksgiving. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was given for thee. Preserve thy body and soul unto everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ's body was given for thee, and feed on him in thy heart by faith with thanksgiving. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was given for thee. Preserve thy body and soul unto everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ's body was given for thee, 
and feed on him in thy heart by faith with thanksgiving. Jesus Christ, which was shed for thee, preserve thy body and soul unto everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ's blood, who was made poor for thee, was shed that you might be rich. God bless you. You are dismissed. Savior Christ hath taught us. We are bold to pray. <laughs> Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty and ever-living God, we most heartily thank thee for that thou dost not safe to feed us, who have duly received these holy mysteries with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and thus assure us thereby of thy favor and goodness towards us, and that we are very members incorporate in the mystical body of thy Son, which is the blessed company of all faithful people, and that are also heirs through hope of thy everlasting kingdom, by the merits of the most precious death and passion of thy dear Son, and we most humbly beseech Thee, O Heavenly Father, so to assist us with Thy grace, that we may continue in that holy fellowship and do all such good works as Thou hast prepared for us to walk in, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with Thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Let us now stand to sing the Gloria. <coughs> Joy, we need the sounding joy. We 
forth in the name of Christ. Thanks be to God.
I know, it's the worst with the sinus pressure and all that. <laughs> Uh, tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Oh, no, here. Yeah. Okay, here. Yeah. Let's move that into the Miami. No, the Santas will be greeting us at Miami International. I know. With heels. He wears uh, inserts to raise him. Laurent likes him and he's like, I like it too, but come on. So that can go downstairs in that bag. There's a bag with all the women. So what kind of is that? That's a white. Okay, uh, then, right here if you want to do that. Oh, yeah. Um, the stand too. No. Yep, it goes down. Oh, 